Hello and welcome to Giving Ventures, a podcast to help you grow your giving and change the world for the better. Each episode, we share innovative charitable efforts leveraging private philanthropy to solve public problems. I'm your host, Peter Lipset, Vice President at Donors Trust. This show is a product of Donors Trust, the oldest and largest donor advised fund focused on helping conservative and libertarian donors of all capacities simplify, protect, and grow their giving. My colleagues and I talk with a lot of groups doing great work. This show lets us share a bit of what we learn with you so you can discover new projects for your own philanthropy. 2026 is going to be a big year. It's not a presidential election year. It's a year of something far more important, marking the 250th birthday of our beloved United States of America. Now, the fancy term for this is the semi-quincentennial. The brand you are going to get to know the 250th birthday as is America 250. That is the name of the organization leading the planning and coordination of a national celebration for this remarkable birthday. Now, as we prepare to celebrate the nation's 246th birthday here in July, let's look at what America 250 has planned for 2026. And to do that, we have the new president and CEO of America 250 Foundation, Joseph C. Daniels. Joe is no stranger to leading major efforts, having spent a decade leading the 9-11 Memorial and Museum in New York, and more recently serving as president and CEO of the National Medal of Honor Museum, so, Joe, there's so much I want to get into about how this is going to work and, and your own background. But just to, to give our audience a sense, big picture, uh, what is America 250? Well, thanks for having me, Peter. You know, the semi-quincentennial represents an historic opportunity for this nation to come together to reinforce the ties that bind us together as Americans. We want to stitch back or help stitch back together the all-too-often frayed social fabric We want to importantly expand and make accessible a love of this country that has afforded so much opportunity to so many. It's also a chance to reflect on where more progress needs to be made to ensure that the promises that are embodied in our foundational documents, the Declaration of Independence, our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, are applied to every single American. If there's ever a time to be arm in arm with your fellow countrymen, the semi-quincentennial is it. And this foundation is going to do everything possible at the national level, at the state level, and at the local level to bring us all together. That's awesome. You know, this is not your first big, hairy, audacious project to lead. I mentioned that you led the 9-11 Memorial and Museum uh, from the design stage all the way through its full operation, which is just an incredible opportunity. I'm sure had plenty of challenges in those 10 years. You know, you talk about trying to bring people together and create unity. What did you learn about navigating so many different constituencies and interests during your time during the 9-11 Museum? You know, interestingly, when I started there, which was the foundation was started about four years after the attacks, um, it was an incredibly complex almost at every single level. So first of all, you had... Um, Our organization oversaw the eight acres where the Twin Towers stood. Um, But of course, the whole World Trade Center site that was destroyed was 16 acres. So you had government interests. There were two trains that ran beneath the site. There were the private interests of all the building owners. Um, There was the insurer, Silverstein Properties. And most importantly, there was the family members of the 2,977 victims which translates into about 100,000 family members. So 
with all of those kind of complexities, the emotional politics coming together, it was a real challenge um, to get everybody rowing in the same direction. And we had lots of fits and starts. I mean, everybody had their own view of what needed to happen at the site. And the real challenge was how do you move forward when there's such a diversity of opinion? And it took us a while to get there, but ultimately we did. What do you think got you over the hump? You know, I, I, I think the biggest lesson, and I, I was really lucky to have um, Mike Bloomberg as my chairman um, for my entire time that I was there. And I, I learned a lot from him. But what I observed about what took us from a place of almost paralysis with all of the different opinion to a place of progress was essentially that after 9-11, there was this real well thought out, heartfelt intention to listen. So New York City conducted um, essentially a listening tour around the city about what should happen at the site. There were some people um, that folks might remember that wanted nothing at all built on the site. There were others that said we should build the Twin Towers exactly as they were. Um, and then there was everything in between. Um, I think the challenge was that that's a great intention to listen to everybody. But if you don't set the expectation up front about where the decisions are gonna get made, then huge frustrations come out when people start making decisions that are opposite or are different than what an opinion uh, was expressed about. So there was this idea that we're gonna listen, but then when people saw that they weren't being listened to, um, that created a whole ton of friction. So what, what, my, what Mike Bloomberg and myself and the team and our board was able to do was we were really clear about you know, where the decisions were going to get made. The 9-11 board was made up of 50 individuals that represented every sector in the country um, of, at sort of the very highest level, but it also included 12 9-11 family members, um, families that came from the World Trade Center site, from Flight 93, and from the Pentagon. Um, it, it ranged, those family members ranged from the chairman and CEO of Cantor Fitzgerald that lost more than any other company on the site, over 650 employees were lost, down to a firefighter, uh, Lee Ielpe, who lost his son, a firefighter also, Jonathan Ielpe. So when we made a decision, we were able to say that it had gone through a process where every sector was represented, but we didn't necessarily leave it up to the grand committee of everybody in the country. And we started making decisions and we started making progress. And that tends to have the momentum build on itself. I will say that most specifically, I remember uh, we made a decision to kind of put out into the world and through the press this notion of on the 10th anniversary, it wasn't up to any of us who were working on the project, whether or not the eyes of the world would be looking at the site. Anniversaries like the 250th are natural points of reflection. We couldn't control that. What we could control was whether we'd have a memorial that the city, the state, and the country could be proud of by that time. And when we put that out there, all of these groups, remember the Port Authority, the state of New York, the city of New York, the downtown residents, no one wanted to be the reason that we were gonna embarrass ourselves. And that really kind of helped get folks in line, work together. And we really worked up to the, the very last day, I remember having cobblestone laid um, on 910 
2011 for really just this magical and special day on 9-11 when for the first time ever, thousands of family members returned to the site to find their loved one's name etched in bronze forever. And they got a real sense that after all of these years of challenging discussions um, and difficult conversations and decisions, the country had done this for them. And this with the waterfalls and this beautiful setting when you had, we had President Bush and President Obama come with thousands of family members, it was a, it was a special morning. That is great. Uh, and those are skills that you are probably going to need to continue because now you are worried about the whole nation uh, <laughs> with its eyes on this. In fact, the whole world. And, and we're obviously a very fractured nation. The political landscape is very divided. So how do you apply some of those lessons? I mean, what does that mean for your planning with America 250 and to create a national celebration that truly can get people united around a, a single idea? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the key, which is sort of understanding that all across the political spectrum, and I would say that for the most part, for the vast majority, that regardless of how you think things should be done, there is a thread of caring about this country. You People may have vastly different views about how to improve our country, how to continue this experiment of perfecting this union but that there is a thread line, um, a connectivity around what it means to be an American. We, we are not looking to change um, people's views in politics at all. What we're essentially saying, and this has a really deep 9-11 parallel. Um, I remember I used to get asked when I was CEO at the Memorial and Museum, people would say, you know, isn't it a shame that six to nine months after the attacks, that sense of unity that we all felt started to, to go away. And I remember saying that it wasn't a shame that we are a democracy. We're supposed to argue and we're supposed to fight. But what that 9-11 showed us and what the aftermath showed us is that when the times require, we can come together as Americans with limitless compassion for one another as a moment in time. It's, a, it's, a, it's almost like a, an emotional legacy of the aftermath of 9-11 that we came together and it was absolutely wonderful. I think the opportunity here is similar, although not from a tragedy, but it's to say that during this historic marking of our 250th anniversary, we offered a chance for folks to set aside what divides us and to come together um, as Americans. And I honestly think, and I've, I've been lucky enough to, to be able to talk to lots of folks in this first six months that I've been here, is that even the most partisan and most passionate um, individuals who are fighting for what they believe in, there is a sense of fatigue and a hope that is there something that we can come together around? When you think about like Katrina or 9-11, it is special when the nation rallies. And so the 250th is going to be a chance for a positive reason for us to come together. And we just have to make sure that our programming and our events are things that people are excited about. Ultimately, it has to be a optimistic and engaging, in some cases, a deeply entertaining experience. Um, but we want people to look back generations from now and say, I can't believe in a time where we were so divided where things were at times so bitter 
that um, this country did come together to commemorate our 250th. We have a lot to be proud of. And we also have a responsibility uh, to keep this experiment going. And there needs to be a reset around what it means to be an American. And we hope to provide that. Well, you mentioned events, you mentioned different activities. Let's talk about the what of America 250. And maybe it's a two-part question because there's the next three years in the lead up to 2026. And then there is 2026. Uh, maybe it's too early to figure out all of what, what that looks like. But talk to us about that. What are we going to see over the next three years? What are we going to see on, on the big year? Well, don't take a year away from us. We've got four years starting this July 4th. Believe me, we need every single day. Um, so it's a great question. So the way we look at this project, we're, we're breaking it into a couple different phases. What we'll be launching um, this summer is what we're calling our public engagement phase through a program called Discover America 250. And this is the chance to start telling people what's coming. There are very few people, and hopefully your, your listeners will join this group, that wake up in the morning thinking about what is America doing for the, its semi-quincentennial? And so raising awareness is really an important part of this project. Discover A250 plans to touch every single state in 250 days through um, online events, through in-person events that are going to show the kind of full scale of what we're doing. Um, we're going to tell the stories from communities in every single state, whether that's New York, North Dakota, Pennsylvania, um, really interesting, engaging stories about who makes up America today. Um, this public engagement ultimately is going to be a two-year process leading up to July 4th, 2024, uh, which will kick off what we're calling the core commemorative period. So from July 4th, 24 to July 4th, 26, it will be a slow building cadence, cadence of programs that we deliver to America. It's almost like and we use this construct um, of a presidential campaign in the sense that two years out from a presidential campaign, you know, the people that follow this stuff, they start paying attention more. It slowly builds until obviously an, a, a really engaged country is paying attention to kind of everything that's going on in the weeks leading up to the election day. That'll be the same with us. And we're planning on a capstone event that will take place in major cities around the country, actually in one city in every state with the core being in Philadelphia, which we're calling the National Semi-Quincentennial Convention. So this will be a historic, never before done part uh, political convention, part cultural festival in a month long Olympic Village style construct where every state will have kind of real estate there We'll have simultaneous programming in Washington, D.C., in New York, Boston, um, and Charleston, as well as one city in every state, a host city in every state uh, that the states over these next few years will be identifying and plugging in with us. Um, that capstone will be the moment when, uh, or the time period when the world will be watching. Um, and we're going through the planning now to figure out what we're actually going to do at that convention. Um, so there's a lot of work ahead of us. It almost sounds like a World's Fair. Yeah, it's World's Fair for 2026. I mean, we we certainly uh, are going to, one of the things that, I, that we're going to take advantage of and really lean into programmatically 
is where America leads the world. I mean, this semi-quincentennial, there will be a lot of moments of reflection of our past, of the past 250 years, of the progress that's been made. Um, but it's also going to be a chance to showcase America, what makes America, America. We lead in so many different areas. And I think heavily about the tech and innovation space. So when we talk about 2026 and the capstone in this convention style program, um, we also recognize that, you know, 95% of the population will probably experience this from their home. So how can we take advantage of partnerships with Silicon Valley uh, to make that experience as special as it is, as if you were in person in Washington, D.C. or Philadelphia. And it's not, you know, everyone says that, but we've got um, a really deep commitment to it. We're going to make it happen. It's going to be special. It's going to be a lot of fun. So this yeah. this is a show that's focused on philanthropy. It's focused on giving. So let's talk, let's talk about the money aspect to it. I mean, where do the dollars for a big celebration like this come from? Is it all government dollars? Is there a place for the average donor or your uh, average above uh, high dollar donor uh, in this project? And how much how much total are you actually trying to raise here? Well, it's, it's certainly, um, you know, my belief that projects like this that are truly national in scope, uh, they need to be public-private partnerships. They need to have the participation of the government, but it can't be a government project for people really to buy in and take this to heart. So like the memorial, the 9-11 Memorial Museum, we raised uh, $500 million through private philanthropy, and we were fortunate enough to receive roughly $350 million from the feds as well as the state of New York. We're looking for a similar construct here. So we're, we're certainly engaged with our government supporters. We've got some just phenomenally patriotic uh, representatives from both sides of the aisle um, in Congress that are helping us. But we need to raise about $250 million uh, from the American people. And what I would say about that is, you know, this is going to be a celebration, but there's also significant aspects, uh, programmatic aspects. So our three themes are um, American history and education. That's number one. The second is celebrating the diversity of this country. We are the most densely diverse nation in the history of the world, and we are who we are because of our diversity and not in spite of it. Um, so there'll be a programmatic emphasis on diversity. And then finally, a renewed sense of civic engagement, how people have this responsibility uh, to ensure that America will be around for the next 250 years. I think one of the challenges is as we get farther and farther away from our founding, um, and certainly when we did away with the mandated draft, now it's a voluntary army, the sense of any individual that they have to give back to their country, that's something that we need to make sure continues to be emphasized. And so civic engagement, and whether that's serving in the military or fighting for what you believe in for, for the rights in this country or serving in political office, that's important and that's a theme. So for individuals that care about any one of those programmatic areas, giving to us is about delivering programs that are going to make a difference. So yes, it's going to be a party, but it's also going to be, um, it's going to affect people at a programmatic level. So there's so, the opportunities to give 
can be in any one of those different areas. And we certainly are looking for um, kind of those high net worth champions, uh, individuals and foundations that believe in America, that, that are truly patriotic. And there are so many of them. Um, we're going to be looking for their support. And just as importantly, and, and similarly, and you know how this works in philanthropy, that although our of that $250 million on a percentage basis, a lot of the funding will come from a, a relatively small amount of folks, it's equally important to us, uh, the folks that could just give what they can, whether that's a dollar, $5, 10 20 and on up. Um, I know from the 9-11 project that it was particularly special that those people that gave early on before we started to actually go through the construction phase, uh, when they signed up for our newsletter, when they gave their $5 every month or whatever they could, as we started to succeed and ultimately the memorial opened, there was a real sense that they were with us from the beginning. So when we launch our public fundraising plan, uh, which will be later this year, and give people the opportunity to donate at this low dollar level, it's special to get people's families involved. Um, our website is going to continue to expand and allow for families to talk about in a accessible way, um, you know, who we are as a country, what it means to be an American. So. We're encouraging people to go to our website now uh, to sign up. It's super easy to do. If they've got an opportunity, to, if they have a, the means to donate now, every dollar is appreciated. They just have to go to America250.org, which is real simple. Um, but we want every American to get involved in this one way or the other. Well, and philanthropy is more than just dollars, right? I mean, you say one way or the other. So how can people get involved from a time perspective? Are you building up a volunteer corps as well? Absolutely. Um, what I would say most importantly right now, uh, or over the next, call it six months to a year, as we go out to America with this Discover A250 campaign, and as we start talking about some ideas around what we're going to do, we're looking for people to send their ideas back to us. So one of the things we're going to be rolling out is something called our national engagement portal, which will be an opportunity for individuals, for towns, for schools to submit their ideas for national programming and also to share with us their ideas for what they want to do in their local community. We're going to create an ability to support all of the grassroots things that happen around a national celebration like this. We recognize that there will be national programming. There'll be programming with our national partners like Major League Baseball or the NFL, but the vast majority of programs will actually be what makes America so special, which is the memories that people have of the bicentennial or particularly special July 4th that someone experienced as a kid in their town watching the parade go by. We want to know what people are planning. We want to give help give them resources and ideas for how to make it particularly special around the semi-quincentennial. And that's what they can do. People should start thinking of how they want to celebrate. It's a big project. It's an amazing task, amazing team to work on, I'm sure. You've got so many different constituencies, as we've talked about. You know, everyone has high hopes for this. And I've heard tale, I wasn't around for the 200th birthday of America, the bicentennial, heard it didn't necessarily hit everybody's expectations. 
in these early days, you've been there six months now, still got a long way to go. But is there anything you've seen in this beginning of your tenure that really gives you hope and optimism that this is going to be a success? I'm optimistic. I think um, you're right. I mean, it, it's 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 important to recognize the challenge we have ahead of us because, you know, before I actually started, after I accepted the job and before I started, um, you know, I went into this thinking that the, the divisions we see in this country are going to be a major challenge to overcome. And that's only been kind of confirmed tenfold. But optimism, I think, is such a powerful idea. And I do really believe from the folks I've talked to, the conferences I've gotten to speak at, that there is such a deep and fundamental love of this country. There's a a patriotism that uh, people feel, even when they wouldn't necessarily ascribe the word patriotism, we want to have people understand that whether you have fought for this country overseas or you've served in your community or you've fought for rights to expand in this country, that is patriotism. The idea that you care enough about this country to work to make it better, um, that's the core of what patriotism is. And I've just seen that across, you know, from left to right, every socioeconomic class, every ethnicity, every geographic area. So that's what fundamentally makes me optimistic. People do love this country. That doesn't mean that we can't, can, it's not that we can't, we have an obligation. It's in our founding that this is an experiment and that the journey to perfect this union is ongoing. That's in our DNA, which is really powerful and, and different than every other country in the world. Um, so I'm really optimistic that at, at this core, people want this to be great. We're going to give them the opportunity to make it great. And believe strongly that America was really founded in a sense of optimism, a realistic optimism, right? That's but, right. You, know, you look at our constitution and it isn't just a list of things you're not allowed to do and doesn't give all knowing power to one little cabal or one person. It says in kind of loose terms that we still debate today that people are going to make the right decision and they're going to do it to make a better country. And I think what you all are doing Hopefully, we'll continue to highlight that and remind people of that optimism and that great opportunity that we have in front of us. Perfectly said. Joe Daniels, uh, really appreciate you being here. Really optimistic about America 250 and all you're going to do and look forward to uh, watching it develop over the next few years. I so appreciate it, Peter. It's really been great to uh, to meet you, to be on this, and uh, I look forward to coming back. I've been excited about the America 250 project ever since I first learned about it. It is a big project, but one with noble aims. I mean, what if we can indeed create, even for a brief time, a period of national unity? A time when we focus not on what divides us, but those unique things that bind us together. Like Fox Mulder with the X-Files, I want to believe. Joe Daniels and his team at America 250, I think, can make it happen. You can learn more about the effort at America250.org, and I hope you will. Of course, whether by supporting this or the tens of thousands of other causes out there, we at Donors Trust believe strongly in the power of philanthropy to drive positive change in America and indeed the world. We would welcome the chance to be a partner with you in your giving if we aren't already. Visit DonorsTrust.org to learn more about ways we might be helpful, or email us at TellMeMore at DonorsTrust.org. 
Well, that is all for today. As I record this, we are just days away from the 4th of July. I hope yours is restful and filled with all of the things that make this nation great, chief among them being with your favorite people. Thank you for listening. Let's talk more soon. Thank you.